0: Hello everybody and welcome back to a fresh episode of Golbezan, your source for Iranian football. My name is Pejman Pars and I will host this pod along with my two good friends Sina Saimian and Arya Alaverdi. Hi guys, what's up?
1: Hello, hi. Uh, it's great to be here again Pejman with you and of course Arya as well. I uh, can't wait to get started and, and discuss what's been happening in the last uh, few
2: months. Yes, uh, very good to be back. Uh, hopefully, we can, uh, like it's like Sina said, discuss some new things, some fresh ideas for the new season.
0: Tina didn't say that, but <laughs> it's okay. Uh, we, we 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 move on. Uh, okay, guys. Uh, I say, uh, I think we should talk. Uh, a lot of things have happened since the World Cup. Uh, we have uh, a lot of Iranian players in Europe. We should talk about them. The Iranian league have started. We should. Uh, uh, talk about that as well. There's, we're in the middle of the Asian Champions League and as you said oh, earlier, yeah, in the future we have the Asian Cup so a lot of things uh, are happening with Iranian football and we try to uh, shortly uh, touch them all. Uh, let's start with the Iranian Pro League. Sina, uh, for me you're the number one Iranian Pro League guy. You, you seem to be uh, having a really a good eye on who is the next young player and what teams to watch out for and what not. But I would like to start with uh, the crazy buyings from doctor Sazi. Uh, could you please mention some of these uh, and the names of these players? And what's the reason that, that they bought all of these players uh, for this season?
1: Yeah, great question. I think it's been a topic that's been discussed at length by a lot of people who not just not just the ones who follow the league closely, but also people who, who watch from the outside and uh, just follow the results here and there. So let me give you a little bit of a context. Um, so Torquetsu uh, Suzi were a, a government uh, or a sports ministry, um, a football club. They were, they were not privatised. Uh, however, over the summer, uh, they were bought out uh, by uh, an individual who previously owned Gustav vlad again, off Tabriz. Um, he'd made great investments into the club but not necessarily with the big signings, but rather with infrastructure and providing the club with, with great facilities. And, and to be honest, they, they did have uh, some good results. So before this season, when I saw the, the um, takeover being completed, I was kind of optimistic for Artur Tersozzi because it didn't seem like this is a guy similar to, uh, to what happened with Essie Lazine over 10, was it 10 years ago, I think it was, um, where they just wanted to sign players. So that was my initial reaction. But as the summer went on, and going back to uh, your question, there were a lot of big signings. So, um, firstly, they, they bought uh, they brought in Mohammad Tayyabi, who I thought he was a great signing for them—a a, a very, very good central defender with a lot of experience in the Iranian league. Um, uh, he's a he's a real leader, captain, uh, and I thought he it w- it would be a fantastic signing. They brought out they brought in Mostafa Ruzan and so on, and then. Um, of course this was all after They appointed John Toshak Who uh, is a very well known uh, Welsh manager Former Real Madrid um, Manager So um, Things were looking good And then the big signings Started to come in Anthony Stokes uh, Formerly of Celtic And, and Blackburn Rovers Ashkond Dejagan Masu Shajay Recently as well Again two huge signings um, So So again it, it it feel it felt like things are going to the right direction however when you make so many signings and the, the team kind of looks a little uh, out of balance it looks really top heavy so the results haven't been going as good as uh, they could have been however it's still early days and we still have to wait and see but, but the crazy thing about all these dealings is and we've discussed this as well uh, of course with you Pageman and and some of the other guys is the length of the contracts that they've been handing in to these not just foreign players but to to the domestic players they've been bringing in, uh, such as Ga and uh, Shojai, who are well into their 30s, but they've been handing out three-year, four-year contracts, and to the foreign players, uh, Anthony Stokes and now um, uh, um, Harry Forrester as well. I think they both they both have uh, three-year contracts, which is crazy, you know, the, in the current financial situation in Iran. It's kind of crazy to give out big contracts like this uh, in a in a football environment where players generally only last a season, uh, especially at a club right now where they're going through a lot of transition. Um, so you would think the bigger contracts would be given to the younger players uh, who would sort of guarantee the future of the club. So it, it's been re- it's been really hectic and crazy, but we have to wait and see until uh, I would say probably January, halfway through the seasons, to see. Uh, what kind of impacts um, those signings and what kind of impact the, the new owner has had on the club? But uh, it's been very well. Uh,
0: yeah, Sina, Sina, sorry, the, is, is Teraktor Sazi uh, a Titanic? We're just waiting for the ship to sink.
1: Um, I, 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 that's why I was. Uh, that's why I'm saying we have to wait and see because it's a, it's a massive club, Teraktor Sazi. You know, this is not a Estilazin where they've come out of nowhere and they've just bought the players. This is a huge club with huge support. You know, they get around sixty, seventy thousand 70,000 fans turning up to each home game. We saw them going away to Estadol and, and having almost half... Well, you know, a, a lot of fans going away and, and watching the team. Uh, so this is a team with a lot of backing. I would be cautious to say if it's Titanic and, this, uh, and the ship is going to sink. However, if they're not careful, they could be in a lot of trouble uh, because I'm not sure if the owner will... Let's say if the if this season goes terribly bad, would he carry on with the investment and knowing that dividends might not be there even if the team is successful again because of the league is the way the league is run and and, and so on. So we have to wait and see. But this is a big club with a lot of support, and I genuinely hope it doesn't become a situation like Estelazin. But if they do get it right, uh, we could be looking at a team, a, a new superpower who potentially, again, if they get it right, could make um, big movements in, in Asia as well, on the, the, the continental stage in the Champions League. But again, uh, only for, time for will the tell. For the sake
0: of the club and the Iranian league and Iranian football itself, let's hope that this doesn't turn out into a disaster. Uh, thank you, Sino, for your great uh, comments. Um, going to you Arya you you know we can't talk about the Iranian pro league without mentioning the two giants persepolis and esteghlal uh, both teams have so far kind of struggled at least esteghlal persepolis at the moment when we're recording this part are in the third place with two wins and three uh, draws and esteghlal uh, are are struggling a bit with only one win three uh, draws and one loss um, Oh uh, What do you make of uh, the new buyings that Esteghlal have made, uh, and uh, Schaefer now being able to to get a team from the beginning? Do you think there's there's a harder, uh, more demands on him to to win the league this year?
2: Yeah, I, I think you know he he tried to uh, obviously replace a couple of players um, here and there. You know, Omid uh, Ebrahimi, one of his main players from last season, left. Went to uh, Al-Ahli in Qatar. Um, had a couple of other players leaving, like, obviously, Majid Hosseini. Um, and, you know, he, he brought in young players. He brought in younger players. um uh, 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 Sayyad Manesh, Ismail Zadeh. You know, he brought a couple of good players in that he thought could progress on for the future. And a couple in just for now. You know, he's brought in a couple of... Players who you could say are experienced, Ali Kani, um, uh, uh and you know Tabrizi, etc., who have played in the leagues, top leagues in Iranian football in Europe. And you know, I think the issue is he he is trying. Uh, Schaefer is definitely trying to improve this team, and uh, I think that he can. He's obviously showing that he wants to keep a. Uh, relatively um similar lineup uh, of 11 players that he and he's been using from last season and then this season you know he's he's continued playing dafo as a right winger and um, except, except maybe in the last game um he's kept sort of the same defense one or two players coming in Danishgaard new defenders come in to replace Hosseini you know a couple of players who've come in here and there but i think uh, the issue is I don't see um, improvement I just see similarities they uh, you, have lost Majid Hosseini okay it's hard to replace him but there's not been much development on that he hasn't re- you know when you, you're still playing people like Montazeri he was a, an important player for the team but when you're still playing him um, and some younger players aren't getting the opportunity it's a bit of a question mark um, uh, however uh same on Paris Police's side. I think they haven't really replaced the players that they've lost the right way um, that STF will have. So
0: are are you thinking of any special player in Paris Police that you need to see get I mean any any special player from last season that needs to be replaced?
2: Well, well I mean obviously they they've they've not they've had a transfer ban. So first of all they can't really replace um however and obviously they brought in Tora B and Rafi. So that they're good they're good players, experienced players. But what what we need to see is we need to see a bit more development in terms of 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 uh youth players. We haven't seen that as much um, from Bronco. Bronco's still playing uh, he's he's lost Moharami right back. And they brought in um I think it was Shiri from PayCon, um, slightly older I would say in twenty six, twenty seven. Uh, he's using Hossein Mohini at right back to replace Moharami. So, um, you know, like I say, it's a bit more. It's a, like it's, both the teams, Estel, and in my opinion, they're a bit uh, stagnated in terms of they're not developing the team. They're just sort of keeping the team at one basic level that is good enough for the league it's clearly not good enough for the AFC um, Champions League. Yeah, yeah, um, Let,
0: let's talk about that. Uh, Sino, is there anything you want to ab- add to what Orio said about Pérez Bulls and in the in the domestic league?
1: Well, I think he's right in, in his points about Esterlal. I think Esterlal had uh, a huge... I mean, I, second half of the season, last season, they improved hugely. But, um, I would put that down to the arrival of Baba Thiamme who um, came from January, he was a striker, and he gave them that uh, potency up front that they didn't really have. And they, then the goals that started coming in the Champions League, they were phenomenal, in a very tough group, they came up and reached the quarterfinals. As well as Majid Hosseini and Omid Ibrahim that they lost, they lost to Yom, and they lost Jeb Barov as well, who I think was the unsung hero. Um, very experienced, of course, Uzbek player twice, the Asian Player of the Year, they lost him. They haven't really replaced either of them. Tabrizi has come in. I'm a huge fan of him. But again, he doesn't have the right support around him to, to be able to perform. Um, Ali Karimi, again, good signing. But he's not a fighter uh, that Ibrahimi uh, was. However, if he does get the best out of these players, then you could be looking at a team that does push uh, for the title. Perspolis, similar to to uh, what Olya said, the transfer ban has hit them. Uh, really bad. Vahid really leaving and uh, Fashad Ahmad Zoda as well has left him in an awkward position. They've signed players really well um, as well as Torabi and uh, Mehdi Shiri as well as Rafi as well, like mentioned. There's a striker that has signed but well, he's only been training with them and it's Mehdi Sharifi who uh, made, a, made a very, very good name for himself at before. um in a way to uh, Terog Sazi on loan. He is a guy that I think can make a huge difference for him up front. I, I would, I mean, I know it might sound a bit controversial, but I would think if he was given the same opportunities as Alipur in this team with this midfield behind him, he would score uh, a lot of important goals. So again, he's he's someone to look forward to um, after the January transfer window to to play for Police. And again, with the arrival of Rafi and Torabi, we know all about them and, and what they can bring to this. Uh, to this team yeah and in the champions league again you know the the way that the way the champions league is set up is is not in favor of of iranian teams you know you're looking at a competition where it's run from february to november and majority of the leagues in west asia end in in june so you have uh, sorry in may so you have three months of transfer period where a lot of teams generally like al-sad like al-duheil um they, they strengthen their teams and they buy a lot of players to prepare themselves for the rest of the Champions League campaign. It's quite the opposite for Iranian teams. They lose a lot of players, like we've seen with SL and with Persepolis. Uh, Persepolis, I would think, at home, with only a 1-0 uh, loss um, to Aldo in the first leg, they have a chance of going up. But for this is it's a mountain to climb against al Sadd with a 3-1 defeat the other night. Uh, it's a very tough, tough job for them. Um, but Paris Police maybe with the support of their fans, and if uh, if Bronco gets his tactics right in the second leg, then we could possibly see another see another semi final appearance for Paris Police in two back to back seasons.
0: Okay, guys, great inputs. Uh, will be really interesting to see how Paris Police and Real will do in the uh, Champions League. Also interesting to see. Chavi uh, when he plays for Al Sadd versus Esteghlal, that's uh, the man still still got it. But maybe it's easier to still have it in uh, in Asia versus in La Liga. But that's another story. Uh, let's move forward to something that's uh, for me and I think a lot of fans uh, quite uh, a, a joyful uh, session, and it's all the European uh, players that we have now. I mean, all, we're almost losing counts now, but. Uh, we we're not going to talk about all of them but a quick recap recap for maybe some of the most interesting players uh i will give you here we have uh, amir abedzade who was in the uh, world cup squad a goalkeeper for maritimo in portugal who seems to be playing regularly week after week uh, and let's say if we have like this uh, starting eleven kind of uh, european players uh, we have uh, interesting defenders in Mortaza Pourali Ganji in uh, Belgium. And guys, what's the name of that club?
1: Uh, okay. Upen. Upen. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's not every uh, team that you follow. Uh, what's interesting about the team is that their their coach, Claude Makélélé, the famous uh, Real Madrid and France player, and also uh, they're part of this Qatar uh, uh, development uh, uh, teams that they have in in Europe. Uh, and also we have Magitlain in Trapsom Sport that's been doing good he's uh, playing regularly just uh, missed the first game i think he, i think it was a sub uh, but uh, and then we have uh, the interesting case with Ramin Rezaion who just got released from Ostende but we know that Ramin had a great World Cup and uh, uh, i mean we don't know what's happening with these players why they're not getting clubs because uh, Ramin's performance should give him a European spot but uh, the reasons are something that we don't know. It could be uh, financial reasons, it could be maybe have uh, problem with uh, with his agents or maybe with uh, Rezoyan's uh, uh, own demands. We don't know that yet. But then we have Milad Mohammadi on the left, uh, who plays for the Russian uh, team, Ahmad Krosny. And I should talk to to his agents or <laughs> what I understand they have several agents kind of thing and uh, the aim is to to have him to take him to Europe uh, the, the first idea was to take him to Europe after the World Cup but he didn't play the full 390 minutes so it was kind of hard but uh, hopefully for the next transfer window in January. We'll see him in, in a European league. I mean, the continents, so, because Russia is Europe. Uh, and then we have the central defenders. If, if we're going to do this 4-2, 3-1, or just 4-4-2, four, four, I don't know. It's just numbers, to be honest. Uh, we have uh, That's he. He's still with his club, FC uh, Rostov, but he's not getting any playtime. So is he getting released? Or yeah, is, are they talking about maybe renewing his contract? I mean, there's things we still don't know. But he had a great World Cup as well. He's a young talent, born 95 or 96, I believe. So he's like 22 years only. 23 next year. Um, and uh, of course, Vahid Amiri, for me, one of the biggest surprises in the World Cup. Uh, he also left pass police as you guys say for Trabzonspor. he's been injured and hopefully come back and do a us uh, to do do himself and us proud uh, with his hard work in Turkey um, we have uh, uh, two really positive moves uh, and that's Saman Goddou moving to the French team amiens uh, Saman's way to amiens was showed his Iranian side of himself maybe uh, having apparently written a some kind of deal with Huesca of Spain. And then Rennes was in the uh, in the running ex- where the club accepted a bid. And all of a sudden he went back to Amiens who were supposedly uh, the first team that uh, sent an offer for uh, someone. And what's gladly that he actually scored a goal on his debut. And then of course we have Alizad Jahanbach that became uh, Brighton and Hove Albion's most expensive player ever. Uh, moving from Aset Alkmaar. He have yet to make uh, uh, a start in the league, uh, just a couple of short subs. He played in the FA Cup, or what it's called now, Carabao-something Cup, from the start, full 90 minutes, uh, a decent performance, where they actually lost against Southampton. Uh, and up up front, we have, and this is really interesting, uh, we have Sadar Osmund that's been playing a lot now for, uh, Rubin Kazan, but he said goodbye to the national team. We'll see if that will remain or not. Reza Gouchanajad actually said goodbye to the national team and he plays in Apoel Lykosia. if I'm not mistaken, in the Greek, no, sorry, the Cypriotic League. And we have a bunch of other interesting players like Ahmad Ahmadzadeh in uh, Slask Vroklov. Sorry about the pronunciation in, in the Polish League. We have players in Iceland, we have players in Norway, we have players in, uh, uh, what was it called? In, in Croatia, uh, in Greece, like Karim Ansoyfad, of course, in because but he maybe will be leaving the club. So that was a quick, not so quick, but it, it was a recap of some of the interesting European players we have. Um, Oda, coming to you, uh, which of these players do you find more fascinating for Iranian fans to follow and why?
2: Um, one player that um, I think is quite fascinating is um uh, Moharami, who's Muharami, who's gone to Croatia and Dynamo Zagreb. Um reason why I say that is because he's gone to a team who are champions of the league. Um and are gonna be. they were playing in the Champions League qualifiers. Unfortunately, they lost yesterday, so they'll play in the Europa League. Um, but like I say, he's taken a very big step from Police, obviously champions of Iran, coming up to the champions of Croatia, and then straight into the Europa League. It's a very big step for him. Um, but, but I think he's doing well. You know, he's, he's starting games regularly now. Um, he's one of the players, I would say, Alongside, you could say Polizade, um, who are you know have been starting regularly for their clubs um, from the start of the season. Um, from this chance, but once they've transferred, they've been straight in and they've been starting regularly. So, um, yeah, Muharame and Polizade, I think two players are very uh, exciting to watch because not only are they are they you know skillful on the ball, they're quick and young but there are also two players that can really bolster the Iranian national team's right-hand side because, um, obviously, Muharrem is a right-back. Zadeh is, is mainly playing as a right-winger. So I think two players who can really you know, improve that right-hand side for Iran in one, one season um, just by moving to Europe. Um, so I think that's two positive moves uh, for sure. Yeah.
0: Um. Thanks. Sina, what, what do you make of all these pros? Of course, we can say it's, it's a Carlos Keoche effect and maybe a decent World Cup, um, but uh, do you see any other reasons for all these Iranians in in Europe? And of of course, I forgot to mention maybe my favorite, Kaveh uh, in Club Rouge. Uh What do you think about his move to start with?
1: Yeah, Cavarez is um, a player that you know we've discussed uh, many times, even when he was at SLN. In terms of his style, I think he's very unique in the way he plays as a striker. Um, he's, he's very intelligent. He's uh, very, very good on the ball technically. He, he likes to bring in other players uh, into play. He, I think, in his last season he ran, he finished as the top assister in the league, which is um, which says a lot as a striker. Um, so I'm I'm really excited for him. I think with the current situation with Ozmun, uh, I think we could really make the most out of uh, out of now his his big money move to Club Brugge, and of course he'll play Champions League football as well, which he thoroughly deserves. He's worked hard. He he made a move that not a lot of people would make. Uh, well, not that we've seen, you know, being a a key key player for one of the big two, and Paris Police, and move into a a league which is. Uh, not necessarily that glamorous, and, and into a team that was not one of the top contenders. It was a brave move, and it's paid off for him. And I think he, he thoroughly deserves it. Uh, and I hope he can carry on with that uh, with that form that he showed at Char, uh, Charleroi as well. Um, so again, that's something that we can look forward to in terms of the Asian Cup in preparation. Will him playing get the most out of Jahombach uh, as well, uh, a winger who likes to uh, play as as an inside forward, sometimes you know he gets goals. So if you're playing with a striker that uh, can find players, can can find um, um, you know uh, midfielders running into attack, then um, it'll be even better for us. So you're right. I think you have to be excited for that. Um, another one is is Olizade. Uh, yeah, are uh, going mention know,
0: uh,
1: Yeah, he's. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about him because what in my mind there is absolutely. Right? Yes, absolutely. And again, it, in my mind, there's no question that he will leave Charleroi, and I said this on Twitter as well in twelve to twenty four months with a huge profit uh, for the Belgian club. He's extremely exciting to watch. He's very rare as an uh, as a as a as a Iranian winger, you know, a left footer who plays on the right. We don't generally produce that many of them, and he's technically very gifted. And I think he's on the right track to to fulfilling his potential. He's, as you said, he's had great starts, and again, he's at the right club as well, in the right league. You know, he he can afford to make mistakes in the games without exactly. being punished for it that much. And I think that's huge for a uh, for a player's development, which is kind of why I'm equally disappointed with someone like Majid Hosseini, who I think I, I love the Turkish league. I love it, I think it's it's fantastic to watch, but it's very similar to the Iranian league in terms of the pressure that is on the players. You know, the, every single club in Turkey is hugely supporting and they expect the players to play uh, really well in every single game. And if you put a foot wrong you, then, then then you could be punished uh, mentally, not just not just well, in the game, don't, but don't mentally, because there'll be the no, pressure on you. Yeah,
0: don't you think Majid, although he's just like 21 or something, he's kind of used no, to absolutely. that? No, uh, absolutely. But... But comparing to quality, you can't compare the Turkish league to the
1: Iranian league because... No, no, no. But what, what I meant was in terms of the pressure. So let's say if he went to a Belgium or a Holland, I think maybe it would have been better for him. You know, because you get not just to get in the right coaching, but you have the right environment as a league because you're able to make mistakes. And yet, especially if you're a defender, if you don't make mistakes, there's no way you will learn. And you know, I, I I don't want him specifically. I mean, Bahid Almire he deserves the move. He's getting uh, very good money at Charlton Sport. Um, he's thirty, I think, or he's going to be thirty. Uh, this is probably last big paycheck. He deserves it. Majid Hosseini, I think, if he was a little bit more patient, um, maybe a week even, he could have had uh, a club in, in central Europe to move to. Again. I'm not saying he's made the wrong decision, not at all. What I'm saying is maybe there were better options for his development. Um, but again, this is all speculation. Maybe through Trabs and Spore he and um he will develop into one of the best defenders uh, of this generation. Because he has the potential, he has the necessary tools to be, to be uh, that sort of player. Uh, we just have to wait and see. In terms of the Roman Rezaian situation, I think it's been kind of known that he's going to leave since before the World Cup. I don't understand why he's dragged on for so long. If he was told he can leave, then the, why, why would you want to stay at a club that doesn't want you? OK, I understand you want to fight for your spot, but if they're saying that you are not going to get games, then surely you would start looking, looking at other clubs. He, had, he wasn't the only player who performed fantastically well in, uh, in the World Cup, and he should have used um, those performances straight after the World Cup to look for a new club because now we are approaching the end of the transfer window every club that needed to strengthen has strengthened there's not no, not a lot of teams will wait until the last year of transfer window to get a first choice right back and i think he's put himself in an awkward situation now where probably his main suitors will be Dr. Sazi who who are looking for a right-sided player and he'll be left with with that option only so i'm i'm slightly disappointed by him because i know he wants to play in europe and we can see obviously with the stories and on instagram you know the famous ones but um, I think maybe if he had the right advice, he would have acted sooner to to look for a club. It, I think he had a disappointing season in December last season. He didn't play as many games as he should. Uh, again, it, it takes a lot to to adapt to a new footballing environment, a uh, new level of, of football. Um, but I think he should have been more proactive uh, straight after the World Cup to, to look at options, to look at other options in different European countries to see what comes... Uh, what comes along
0: yeah and, and what's interesting what you guys been saying is that i mean we have so many iranian players playing in europe or going to play in europe like in like uh, ramin and we haven't mentioned players like Omid Uh is that we at least i'm, I'm sure you guys are, are worried too that the asian cup is is knocking on the door it's starting in january and in iran is left without a coach There's a a FIFA week coming up now in in September and we don't have a squad mentioned uh, yet. We're supposed to play against Uzbekistan in Tashkent. uh, And what what I guess that that game will be cancelled. Kairosh is I mean, he's he's fed up which (laughs) we have been a lot of uh, times, but this time uh, the the question is uh, should we what can we expect from Iran moving out like this uh, for the Asian Cup? I mean, is it enough to just have a lot of good players to actually be the best in Asia? Or or should we just forget about it now and maybe hope for uh,
2: the next World Cup?
0: Audio, you can start.
2: Um, I think we'll have a, a useful team. The, the issue, like you say, is, uh, is it just enough. I don't think it is because uh, you, we saw teams like, like Japan, uh, South Korea, doing you know, f- fairly well in the, in the World Cup, you know, getting results against, against big teams. Um, the, the issue will come if, if we don't keep k um, it, It's more about can we uh, progress from the performance that we had in the World Cup? Can we uh, play the same week? Will the team be the exact same in terms of mentality and understanding of the tactics? Will it be the way K. Roche played it? Or if a new coach comes in, will he strip everything and then start off uh, fresh? Um, and the issue will come that if, if we're losing players like um, some of the old guards, like Dejaga and Shojai, Montazeri, uh, players who have been with the team for many, many years... Um, and we're gonna have new players coming in replacing them. Um, will it be? Will they be able to step up to the plate um, and lead the team to uh, a success, uh, a trophy that we haven't had in in a long, long time? Uh, big responsibility on young shoulders, um, but hopefully the the moves to Europe. Uh, allow the players to, um, you know, understand uh, the competitiveness of playing in big games because uh, players like Nur khan, players like Boriza, etc. They'll play competitive, you know, tough games. You know, they'll lose games, but they'll need to get used to that. And I think uh, in Iran it's different; it's a different uh, mentality. It's just not the same pressure. Whereas in Europe, it's it's much much harder. Um, you know, you, you need to learn from your mistakes. You need to deal with it. Um, so hopefully that gives them a bit more of a an understanding of of the the, the pressure on their shoulders and how they need to deal with it in, in, in January when it comes. Uh, so hopefully hopefully that that's that, that's something that that we can work on if Kirosh does stay. If he doesn't stay. Um, we're just hoping that not a lot changes because we know how good the team is playing this way exactly. um, so yeah
0: let's hope so and uh, Sina coming to you before we're going to wrap this up what's, what thoughts and ideas do you have about this uh, not so good uh, team melee situation that we have
1: well it's kind of typical isn't it I can't remember a time when we did go into a tournament where we had everything figured out and we were just concentrating on the preparation this is very similar in the last Asian Cup as well, where for a few months there was confusion over whether um, Gerrish is going to stay or not. Of course, this time is a little more complicated uh, because there is a contract on the table, um, not necessarily to the terms that he likes, and there is again uh, problems with him not being paid from his last contract due to sanctions and uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of detail involved in it. South Korea where supposedly his biggest suitors and they appointed Paulo Bento uh, a couple of weeks ago so that option is gone for him maybe it will indirectly pressure him into into staying as Iran managing the Asian Cup and then make a, a permanent decision afterwards and it's important for Iran to to deal with this as soon as possible as well because you don't want to reach uh, November December time still not knowing whether your manager is going to be there or not because then you run the risk of you have to look for a new manager with a few weeks to go before the tournament. But starts. Then we, so, again, then, you know. The, then
0: we, don't have, we won't have anything to, to talk about in our pods. So, <laughs> just, just. And we're used to it, you know, aren't we? I mean, even if we have had k for over seven years now, we, we're still to this I got an ammo," what's an ifs and buts. With, with yeah, that's
1: that, exactly. So, that's why I said we, it's, it's kind of typical of us because I can't remember the time we went into a tournament where we had everything uh, figured out. So, we, we are used to it. Um, it's just the outcome is generally kind of unknown uh, what will happen, but we have to wait. We ha- I would think if if he's not left uh, by October time, I don't think he will leave after that. I think he'll uh, stay till uh, the Asian Cup at the very very least. Because again, he again, there's a question that a lot of people, you know, will, will have different answers. But does his legacy depend on it? Will he have to win the Asian Cup to to prove not just to to his critics but to himself that he's done a a brilliant job in Iran. of course we know that he's improved a lot he's he's brought uh, a lot of things that we could talk about in in multiple parts but for his own CV for his own legacy for his own thoughts and and ambitions would he have to win the Asian Cup uh, to prove to himself that he's done a a great job so maybe that will also motivate him to stay uh, for another six months at the very very least uh, well,
0: let's hope so. I think we're all in the pod and our Iranian fans want Carlos Carlos to stay and hopefully get a long-term contract, maybe, or at least for the Asian Cup. And uh, uh, we should say also that Gol Bezan will cover the Asian Cup uh, from the uh, United Arab Emirates. Uh, will um, be there covering the games, we'll have uh, interviews with the players and hopefully uh, see some of our listeners there. It would be lovely to see you all. Uh, okay guys, it's been lovely to talk to you uh, once again, uh, Arya, Halavadi and Sina Saemian, so the two young coaches from the uh, from UK and Scotland being ready to, to take over maybe uh, Iranian club. In the near future, who knows? Okay, guys, <laughs> thank you for listening. And don't forget to, to subscribe. We're everywhere We're on social media, Golbezan, Bezan. Our uh, site is golbezanpodcast.com. Uh, and until next time, have a lovely day.